Don't you know how hard vacation time is to come across? I'm just taking a weekend. Just a weekend. But it's out of town. It's going to be recharging. Where are you going again? Los Angeles. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Are you going to go to the beach? Huh? You're going to go to the beach or stay in the city? Fun fact. Actually, unpopular opinion. Beach garbage. Uh, Okay. First of all. You... That's a very unpopular opinion. I just want to. In I just LA? Don't get, the things that are popular about the beach in LA aren't the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like the, the actual, actual beach. beach. I don't get the vibe, y'all. I don't get the vibe. What's the vibe? <laughs> okay, well. Like, I just sand everywhere. You sand everywhere. Sand everywhere. <laughs> the water dumb cold, never warm. Only out here. Hella people. On the Pacific. Hella people. Well, and the beach be dirty. I don't get the hype. You got to go to some better beaches. See, on the East Coast, the water is also warm. The ocean, it's warmer on the East Coast. The East Coast beaches, like Florida, um, up in, uh, what's it called? Massachusetts? Is that where uh, the Hamptons are? Or Hamptons might be in New York. I don't know. But I know, uh, you you know. Well, uh, the the East Coast beaches are warm. And then there's also like the tropical beaches, like, you know, um, in the Netherlands or the Caribbean. I will say this, like, I think Hawaii beaches might be worth the hype, but. Yeah, well, depending on the ones you go to. Because I, I went to Hawaii. Yeah. And the beach in like Honolulu. It was different. It wasn't trash. Like, you know, to me, water is beautiful regardless. But it was just very lived in by unhoused people. And the sand felt very shallow. Almost like people are always walking through it. There's no time to manicure it. And there was a lot of trash and litter around it. See, that's the thing for me. I hate when the beach is ugly. Yeah, but up north, if you go up to North Shore, there's like beach. There's one of the beaches from Jurassic Park that um, we went to. It's beautiful and clean, and everybody respects it. <laughs> so everybody respects it. Yeah, not saying people don't on Hol- in Hol- Honolulu's beach, but it just was not as well kept, and uh, you know it's a city beach, so probably harder to do. More trafficked, more. I don't know. Visitors. I will say, I'm not going to say all beaches are trash, but I will say LA Beach, hikey kind of garbage, bro. Okay, that's fair. What about Huntington Beach? It's like a little, it's it's still in LA. I've probably been there and don't know what it's called. Probably. Like Monterey Beach, kind of, it's really, really cold. Oh yeah, it's cold there, yeah. Like Monterey Beach is like, it's a beach, but like, it's not, no, not the beach environment. <laughs> it's going to freeze to death. Yeah, you got Have you been to Mexico? Got a fear of being kidnapped? I just seen too much stuff. I just see this is the problem. I'm like a this is where I'm like a boomer. Mm-hmm. I just seen too much news about people going to Mexico. Where I'm just like, bro, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna take a chance. <laughs> it's not worth the risk. I didn't see the video of the two guys getting pulled up by the cartel. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's serious. I didn't but... saw the I didn't saw the video of Shaquela get murdered. I didn't see like people getting robbed and kidnapped. Yeah, I see it, but I didn't hear the stories. And I'm like, I don't know. 
a lot going on over there. Like, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, is that like, <laughs> is it really like? I mean, you, I want to go to like the tourist places, you know? Like, yeah. Go on a cruise. A cruise. Yeah, that way you can. It's just a stop. They're expecting you back. They will if you don't get back on time. But <laughs> I've seen TikToks. That would help me though. <laughs> I've seen TikToks of people recording last minute, last call people running back to the ship or like, you know, at the very last minute making it back. I'm saying like that wouldn't help me because they're going to expect me back. But if I don't come back, they're like, oh, he just out there. After a round with a Mexican hooker or something. He'll figure it out. Yeah. And then I'm dead. All my stuff's <laughs> on the ship. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm. I'm kidnapped from my family. Sorry. I'm listen, nothing against Mexico. Because I've seen my friends went to Mexico and they said I had a good time. Yeah, I've been to Mexico twice and I enjoyed it. Wait, twice or once? Hold on. Once. I've been once. But it was on a cruise. I, I would I mean, like to counts. go back. I think it does count, but I'd I'd like to go back and experience other parts of it more in the city but it, it is a reality that it is very dangerous you know my, some of my students who are from mexico talk about how dangerous it is there you know how like you know media is not is not um exaggerating especially with like cases of femicide you know women just being killed because they're women and you know dressed in a particular way or going against you know um s- social norms not to not to get too heavy or anything, but it's not about getting heavy. I just well, guys, welcome to the Special Friends Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy Woozy. We're here with my girl Ali B. <laughs> you told me you said this week we're gonna take it lighter. We're gonna we're gonna go a little lighter. This it's all right. Week. The world has something different for us because we the first topic got I got I got to address the first topic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. before we get into all that. First off, everybody who watched the last episode, appreciate all the comments. It, it, it went up. Did yeah. you see the comments? I didn't. I haven't seen all of the comments. There's some good comments. Some, good, some got some thought provoking people watched it. I would pull them up right now. Pull them up. Let's see. Live reading of the comments. Do, 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 do. I tried to reply. I think the only person I didn't reply to was Shakia. Shokia. Listen. Listen, Shokia. Is that my sorority sister? I did not reply <laughs> only because I didn't have time. I did not want to neglect you. I appreciate your opinion. Oh, my gosh. Make sure you get back to her. I will get back to you, too, <laughs> show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I'm glad she uh, watched. But also, um, <laughs> can we talk about how many people were clowning you about your knees? No. Okay. We won't the knees go back are, look at the knees, guys. Apologies. Look at- Look. But we got it together this time. I, just, I didn't notice last time. We don't have to worry. Mom. Cousin. Gucci. Y'all see it. I don't have to worry about it no more. But she didn't tell me this time again, guys. I had to catch it myself. <laughs> yeah, that's y'all know. Yeah, tell me. I didn't know that was something I need to check for. But next time, I'll be better, y'all. Well, you don't have to check. But, you know, like, you know, kind of like when you see somebody across their mouth. You're like, we have you got a little booger. Yeah, yeah. Something if it's something you can fix in thirty seconds, then it's best etiquette to let the person know. He flies down, let him know. Got something in your teeth, let him know. I, I ain't gonna lie, I am the type of person. If I see lipstick in the teeth, I won't say anything. You should. I always feel embarrassing. 
It's something you can easily fix with my with with the tongue. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought I guess go, go get a napkin. You know, but let 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 a lady know. I always feel weird like, dang, y'all in my mouth. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. Welcome. Welcome guys. back. Allie's gonna go through some comments. What do you want? Yeah, which I got one, some. Which one stand out I for got you? some. I got some. Okay, so let's see. Um the kindred hour. Ooh, this one's long, but can I read it? If you want, go ahead. I think in also considering factors of non-heterosexual sexualities and relationships and the factor of honesty, um, were men were were men honest when the statistic was developed? Hmm. Okay. Are women only having sex with men to develop this statistic? Could women be having sex with other women to to feel sexually um to feel satisfied sexually and emotionally? Are men having sex with other men and not disclosing it? There could be many layers to the statistic that could have been left out. Totally agree. I agree with Professor B with a lot of things spoke about, but especially regarding women trying to understand themselves, their identity, and failing to recognize their worth outside of their sexuality and approval of men. Heck yeah. I feel like we often call this a hoe phase, but it's really a lost phase. Yes. Okay. Lost phase. I would, I would give all the snaps to that particularly to give context guys if you guys didn't watch the last episode mm -hmm. we talked about relationships and if you haven't watched it i would say go watch that to get the full information but uh she's reading comments from that video we asked people to talk about our takes and i think that was a pretty good i read that one i was like i think that's a pretty um uh, that was a pretty that's i yeah i i'm glad that like that's somebody who really processed the information. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And um, I feel like my argument was very clear, which I'm pr I'm, I'm glad for. Um, I feel like you should read Shokia since you didn't get to re get back to it. Oh, I read hers. What did it say? I'll read it again. And tell me what Listen, you think. Shokia, I'm so sorry. I liked it for you, though. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry. She said, that statistic about women being more promiscuous than men now seems really skewed to me. I agree with Ali and in that the promiscuity is likely getting different needs met from multiple partners because of lack of being able to find it all in one. I also agree with Woozy that there's a lot of men who don't see the need to commit and marry, which I think perpetuate, perpetuates the cycle of what we're seeing women do now. So what do you think? Shokia, I agree with you. I agree with you on all levels. Um, sorry. No, you're good. I'm glad you acknowledge that it comes from a lack of being to be able to find it all in one. And I actually saw a TikTok about that. And I want to get your opinion while we're on here. While we're here. Okay. While we're here, let's might as well take the ship and go with it. If y'all watching, make sure you like. Subscribe. subscribe comment. Comment. Notification bells, all that stuff. But. The I saw a video. Mm -hmm. And the lady in the video, she was talking about how... Sometimes we can try to find a, a catch-all in our in our significant other, and she feels like, oh no no, take it back. It was Steve Harvey show. A woman came on the show. Was it Steve Harvey show? I don't know what show. It was a show. The woman stood up to speak. She said her husband only wants to do the same things. He's vanilla. He goes to the same restaurant. He goes, does the same thing. He eats lunch at the same time. He wakes up at the same time. He's just like vanilla. She 
told this to the dude, and the dude responded saying that we sometimes want to catch all as far as our significant other. Like, they want them to be our best friend and, like, be adventurous and be all the different things. And he was saying that why don't we try to find, like, why don't we recognize our partner for who they are and kind of find those things in other people? Like, if you like trying new restaurants and your partner's not the type of person who likes to go to new restaurants, why don't you just go to new restaurants with your friend who likes to go to restaurants? And then in that, come back and tell him how good the restaurant is and he'll be more likely to go to that new restaurant with you than I have a win, you have a win, let's go. Well, I think it just, yeah. <clears throat> but I think it depends on like a matter of compatibility. Mm-hmm. Like if she's always wanted adventure and like this wife in the video, she's always wanted like her husband to not be vanilla and be more Napole- ne- Neapolitan, mm-hmm. if you will. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like Neapolitan. It's the best of everything. All satisfaction. You see what we're saying? See, you see? I won't, I won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like vanilla, and that's fine. But you need to know that. And if you don't know that you like Neapolitan and you marry vanilla, you can't be mad that he's vanilla. But I will say, um, so I, I think it's partly that you you can be flexible, but I'm also saying like sometimes it's also an incompatibility thing, but it's on the person to kind of have to I mean, navigate you got that. Married though, right? Like, I mean, I guess you can get married to somebody you're compatible with, but people do it all the time. Yeah, I, I will say, because he made a good point. He said, so she was obviously she complaining about her husband being like vanilla, basically like doing the same thing all the time and like. Kind of being super structured. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, would you like it if your man was like every new thing he was like jumping on? You know, like every shiny new thing he wants to try a new hobby and try new things consistently. She's like, So it's like there's benefit in the vanilla. Yeah. So it's kind of like you got to choose what you want. Like, do you yeah. want the guy who's every time like he comes home, I got I quit my job and I got a new one. We're gonna see what happens. Well, again, that's compatibility. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Right, 100%, like, like some some people are like, it's cool. I quit mine too. Like you're on the same frequency. Man, life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's sell our cars, buy a van. <laughs> yeah, live. You know, be entrepreneurs. Odd jobs. We can also do DoorDash. You know, Postmates or whatever. You know. Mm, no. I feel like I have to do van life with money. I, I could do van life. Yeah, bro. exactly. I could do van life with money, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it struggling. I wouldn't really want to. Like doing van life, van life right now is wild to me. Like it needs, it needs to have a, a shower too, <laughs> a shower, and a, it needs to have a bathroom within the van. You know, for those who are able to like make van life work with public restrooms or like gym showers, I give them all the kudos. But I can do the gym shower. No, I need my own, my own space but the but the shower well you you need an rv then yeah because the, the the i've seen people do van life and they have the shower but it's not where i thought the shower was like looking it up like van life shower let's see what it looks like it's literally the worst thing ever it's actually kind of kind of scary i've seen a couple of like fold out fold out um showers or like showers on doors on like van doors and then you just pull pull the curtain around you're okay with your ankles being out in the world 
Yes. <laughs> That's wild. I cannot do that. That's crazy. I'd rather be in a gym shower. I'm so sorry. I cannot do that. <laughs> this, what? what? Am I missing? Are you, what did I miss? I'm sorry, bro. I, I'm trying to understand, like, your ankles being out in the world the being fact, a point of contention for you because they're still out in a gym shower, so. Well, no. That's, he's not in the world, though. There's, there's four walls. <laughs> Is it the natural air hitting your ankles, or? It's the fact that someone can literally pull the curtain back, and now I'm exposed. And I guess in a gym, a gym shower, you don't have that same risk. At the gym I go to, the same risk applies. It's a co-ed bathroom? It's a, uh, no, not, not the showers. Talking about, like, I don't, I don't like the idea But they that, are accessible in that way where you could, it doesn't, even if it wasn't co-ed. Oh yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, even technically mine's like, someone opened the door and be like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, we see scary movies, but it's just something about like, I'm in the parking lot. <laughs> Mm, showering my ankles are out <laughs> i'm nude and the only thing keeping me from not being like the only thing that's keeping me sacred is this shower curtain that's probably not that heavy <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. okay i'm against that i can't yeah do that. I can't do i'd rather have the rv and just have the little the little box shower but yeah. at least i know like you gotta get in here first <laughs> like, you can't you gotta get in you gotta get packed anyway i don't know where i'm <laughs> i'm just Shout, shout out to Van Lifers. Any any yeah. Van Lifers out there, send me your stories. I, yeah. I really want to see them. <laughs> yeah, I love same. Van Lifers. But what are we talking about? Oh, Shakia. I agree with you. I agree with you. Was she also the one who said the about the people lying? Uh, or was that was that the kindred kindred spirits? About people I mean, kindred, lying, hold the kindred on. Hour. That some people were lying that the, the, the statistic might be skewed. Well, um, yeah, that was that was the that was Kindred Hour. But Shokia was talking about how she agrees that there are a lot of men who don't see the need to commit, and that perpetuates the cycle of promiscuity in women. I think I'm, re, I'm yeah, that's what Shokia said. How do you feel about that? I I agree. Okay. I would think I do agree, but it's weird because. Yeah, I think I got that right show. Um, it's weird because I feel like men, like, they don't want to commit, but they do want marriage. Like, or they want, like, the thing is, they don't want that until, like, they know themselves or they feel, like, some some sense of, like, peace and stability within themselves. And even then, it's not guaranteed that they're going to want to be with just one person because I've found that even men with a lot of money and stability still like their options. So... Yeah, I would agree. Actually, I would agree that that it, it does perpetuate the issue and men don't seem to take any accountability for that, in my opinion. But what do you think? No accountability for it. I'm just kidding. No. But <laughs> I can, I, that could, those could be strong words. Yeah, no, I don't. Hmm, I don't know how I feel about it because I do agree that it perpetuates. It's definitely a circle because if I won't. If I'm dating someone, but I won't commit to them, I'm leaving them to be seeking that commitment, seeking that commitment, or finding some form of security in other means. Which would mean if I have multiple niggas, if he dropped me, I still got Sean over here. But it's like one of those weird things. Like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I feel like they both, they just both exist. 
Yeah. It's, it's a constant, a constant cycle because it's like. I, don't, I, I think it starts with men. I mean, just the relationship of how women have been empowered with sex as it relates to our, our position in the world and also as it relates to navigating power in spaces that are dominated by men. Like, men have really created this. When you think about, like, from... Okay, one of the history classes I took where we talked about the, you know, origin story of the U.S., pilgrims coming over. Well, originally, men... Like, European men were here. Mm -hmm. A bunch of men, settlers, here to till the land, get 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 the country on a solid foundation. And do you know what? Men couldn't fucking do it. They couldn't do it. Sorry, pardon my French, but they couldn't do it alone. So what did they do? They hired tobacco brides. These are women who were orphans, women who were um, widows, you know, or divorced, women who were essentially unwanted women, sent over to the to Europe to basically be of service to these men who needed to get on track, needed to get these fields together. So they lent their hands and also their bodies. Very, very sexual relationships. In fact, these in fact these were more business arranged marriages. <laughs> Side chicks, if you will. <laughs> I don't know if these men that I don't think I think the men that were going over there were single men. But you get what I mean, like just in the foundation of how women have been used to help or propel men's motivation to do in the world or to do for society, y'all created that. That was y'all's idea. Women didn't bring themselves over here to be like, let's get the men together. I don't know me. I'm not European. I'm not throwing it on you, but you just, you know. Why are you saying y'all like that? Hold on. I'm like that y'all. I'm not European. You know, you're right. <laughs> I'm not European. I stand corrected. <laughs> I'm Afro. <laughs> you're like, I didn't come over here the same way. Okay? I was and we didn't. To, yeah, no. But, I mean, you know. No, I get what you, I get what you, you know what I'm saying? Just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be funny. Um. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting all serious and everything. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I definitely agree. I, I'm not gonna say men didn't start it because that's why I'm not gonna. Obviously, there was it was a man rule world before equality came. So yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta be. I'm not gonna be like King Henry VIII creating divorce for options, for options in marriage, not even just dating. He couldn't have just been options out here dating. No, he had to get married, have kids, kill his wives. Eventually, stop killing his wives. He's, and like, then he's, like, why, he's like, why do I keep killing him on this divorce? Why don't thing? I just create divorce? <coughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> I digress. I, I think Shoki is on to something, but. <laughs> no, I'm not saying she's wrong. Yeah. I definitely agree. I just, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I just I hear know you. it's a. Man. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted because I'm like, I definitely agree. I don't even know what I'm conflicted about. Quick question. What am I conflicted about? Is it offensive to feel that? I ain't, I ain't doing that, it. <laughs> to, feel, to feel that blame. Not you, but in terms oh, that of... Man, that a man are doing it? You know, that it's oh, a, no, I, I, man, a male-generated issue. Oh, I've talked about all the time. I always tell my friends, like... I remember I was in high school, and my friends roasted me because I said... Uh, I said, man, you just a man whore, bro. Because he kept calling himself... Dude kept calling himself a player. I said, man, you just a man whore, bro. I remember we got back and forth. He's like... Let's just, let's just stop, bro. Stop calling me a man. I don't know. I said the. I feel like 
people misuse the word player. Hmm. And they just be man whore. Like, you just sleeping with any woman. You a man whore. I feel like a player has some game. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe I got to learn well, players more. Yeah, I feel like they're pretty interchangeably used. Yeah? Yeah. I don't feel like a play. I feel like a man whore, at least the way I think about it, is like their only goal is to get, you know what. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like a player, it's just a game. Like with emotions and sex? Hmm. Because I don't want to mis I don't want to misrepresent players. Because <laughs> I don't know what they do. Them? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how they work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know they work. But I. I, I would imagine that. A, <laughs> I would imagine a player doesn't go around. Are you PR for players out here. Hey, I'm not. I'm just not trying to. I try to be. Listen, I'm not trying to poop on nobody because I don't know. It's not my lifestyle to be like telling you how you live. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I, I guess shout out to the players and even lady players, because I, I guess that was the other thing I wanted to say is like girls are players, too. That's my jam, too. <laughs> shout out to Koi Luray. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also think there's just been a lot more sexual liberation. So I would I would also say it's not just like men, um, you know not wanting to be in committed relationships or marriage because I think our, our understanding of relationships or definitions of them have expanded too. They're not just heteronormative. They're all sorts of types of relationships. And so people are having sex in different ways, open more openly than before. So I would just think that the number of promiscuity would go up naturally just from that. Um, it's just like sex is a lot more acceptable. It's more open and it's open across genders. It's not even just like a heteronormative act anymore as a, as an accepted norm. And I'm not saying that there aren't aren't still a lot of, um, you know, I guess attitudes that are, are not in favor of that, but I feel like society starting to lean more into at least acceptance, you know, maybe even some understanding so yeah, that statistic has to be more complex. Yeah, we gotta. I gotta. I definitely. I definitely believe that all statistics are skewed mm. because they're all only used to prove a certain point. Yeah, and they always remove. They got. You have to remove the nuance to prove your point, really, because the yeah. nuance just destroys every, anything. Yeah. So, I agree with the statistic is probably skewed for sure to prove a specific point. Not to mention you're going out searching for the answer to a specific point, mm-hmm. and somebody like. Yeah, Shokia, we're going to have to bring you on. We're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have to have a conversation. Yeah. I need, I need she to pick your brain. I need to pick your brain. I need to figure out, because I feel like this there's something something missing and I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> <laughs> something missing. I need, I need more context. But, guys, we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. We got a, I don't say we got a bunch of things, but we got some things. Some things, yeah. But, first things first. Pearl, I take my shout out back. I don't fuck with you. Second of all, sorry anybody listening. I'm sorry I cussed in your face, but we do have to talk about something a little serious because um, a young boy by the name of Ralph Yarl, fly name, 16 years old, he got shot Thursday, April 14th in Kansas City, Missouri. 
when he was sent to pick up his little brother, he went to the wrong address, um, knocked on the door, and the man opened the door, shot him in the head, told him, don't come back around here, and then shot him in the arm. And then he had to run three, he had to run to four different houses until someone could help him. Um, and now he just recently got to the hospital. He's back at home. But a uh, recent testimony, his mom said all he does is sit there and just cries now. He said, she just said he just sits there quiet with tears streaming down his face. And I'm sorry to get heavy, but we have to, first things first, prayers to the family, big prayers to the family, because I can't even imagine what they're going through. Um, from when I read that he was like a, like one of those, you know, super duper smart black kids who weren't in the streets. So for it to happen to him, I'm pretty sure is very conflicting. But you for know, it to happen to anybody, right? Exactly right. And that's when I so I just wanted to kind of talk, really, just get get your thoughts on like this, like, you know, what? How do you feel, really? Um, I mean, yeah, it's horrible. I feel like every day I wake up, look at YouTube and I see like new news reportings of some sort of gun violence or some sort of, you know, human on human violence. Um, and I, I don't know this week I did start to feel a little like bogged down, not bogged down by it, but just like overwhelmed by how, how much, especially shootings, it seems that are happening. Um, but for all of that said, I also feel like with this case, I'm grateful he survived. I'm sad that he's been traumatized, but you know, I'm, I don't know, for me, it's kind of like the fact that he survived, the fact that there's going to be justice, the fact that, you know, we have community medicine and law now that a crime like that, which I would equate to something of the likes of. Well, I guess I can't say Emmett Till because that was a law enforcement interaction. But I'm sure there's plenty of names we could pull from the South of people who were just lynched. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And lost their life that way. Not from guns, but so. But there was no medicine to save those lives. There were no doctors necessarily to save those lives. No laws in place to get justice. And definitely not a strong enough community in place to fight against you know, the atrocities. So for me, it's like a bittersweet thing where it's like to see the same thing be perpetuated is frustrating and it's um, discouraging at times. But also I try to see the silver lining, silver lining that we are for the little bit of progress that's made each time, you know, more justice is served. And um, I'm grateful for that. I don't know. I, I try to lean into gratitude of the small wins, yeah. you know. Cause it's a big ass war, little little battles that make up a big war. Yeah, I think the tough part with this new with news like this, and I, I I'm gonna be honest, I'm not the biggest person who watches news channels at all. Mm -hmm. But with something like this, it's hard to you really couldn't get away from it, especially being a black man. Like I don't shy away from hearing news like this because it's important to to um, remember my position in the world, and not in a bad way. But yeah, I just you know this the 
there's always a silver lining. The situation is tragic, but it helps. It's sad that it has to happen. Well, it shouldn't have to happen. What I'm trying to say is that situations like this help swat down those ignorant arguments that people say like, oh, if he wasn't a gangbanger, if he wasn't mm-hmm. this, that, whatever, this wouldn't have happened to him. Um, and you guys can look it up, but he, they were saying he was a high academic student. He got accepted into a high, he got, he got um, accepted into like a program when you had to have high level of intelligence and academics. So it's just like, and it's, he was still a victim of the things we see with other people, with mm-hmm. all black men and black people in general. So it's just like, I'm not, I would never say I'm happy, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so what are y'all saying now? Cause like this happened to this person, you know, mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing they used against um, Trayvon Martin. Well, look at his Facebook. Mm-hmm. Look at the things he did. You know, look at blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, well, what's your truth with this person now? Because this kid was, the comp- like, didn't have anything like that at all. Like, yeah. you know, we joked around, you know, like, you might even consider him a square based on what he liked. And it's like, he was literally picking up his brother, knocked on the wrong door, and that almost cost him his life because... According to the guy, he looked like he was trying to yank on the door, but it's like, really, it's because you saw a black person and you have this idea of what they might be doing. You know, eighty-six-year-old white man shot him in the head. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's like I said, it's one of those things where you like the word "tired" is the first one that comes to tire, comes to mind, where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, man, like I don't want to say I want to be past it, but it's like, man, like this is still happening. Yeah, you know, like my grandma tells me stories of when she was a kid and. You know, a lot of the trauma that she's facing, like some of the stories that I hear, I've never experienced, but some of the stories I hear are not too far from that. Yeah. And that's wild because my grandma's 80 years old. So it's like things like that where it's kind of like hard to stay positive. But I will say I wanted to bring it up. And before I leave it, I want to know, I don't know if you have any thoughts you want to talk about, but. Well, I'm looking up right now. Um. The last California, the last lynching in California, um, because yeah, it was in uh, twenty twenty, um, where two men were found hanging. So, you know, in yeah, just here in, in California. So, I I hear you, and just that, like, it is exhausting to hear that the same crimes from the past are being committed today and even more atrocious ones like a young boy just living his natural regular life just being a threat living his life you know literally that's exhausting no one should have to live like that um we shouldn't have to live like that at all so yeah i i feel that and yeah i'm not i guess like i want to say i'm not happy but um i have to do my part of maintaining my mental health and part of that is I I don't actively read these cases. Yeah. I actually didn't know about it until you told me. Yeah. And partly that's because I've been caught up in a lot of like the school shooting news, yeah. um, which is for me a lot is very sensitive because of where I work. Exactly. Um, even though this is sensitive because of who I am, too. But 
Um, it's a lot if you're taking in school shootings and then also our people dying. It's and then sexual assault stuff happening. It's a lot as you just kind of choose. Yeah. and that's why it's hard to. That's why I don't. I stay away from the news because it, it is very sensationalized and have you. Yeah. Out here, like basically, kind of scared to walk walk down the street for the most part. Yeah. Um, but that's why I wanted to, you know, I will say to before I get off of this, like, go look. He has a GoFundMe mm-hmm. if you can do what you can do, you know. And I just I just wanted to bring awareness to it to let people know that, you know, people will always try to tell, especially as Black people, they will try to tell you guys are tripping. Like things have changed. Things have not changed as much as people like to assume, and that's why I act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Sharona Drake. She was on um, she was on Revolt Black News, and it it kind of goes with this issue because people were saying that she was raising her she was raising her kids softly, mm-hmm. um, and she had um, she had pushback about that because. Um, she and it, she had a good point, and I'll go in. I'll I'll explain her point. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. She basically was saying like, the world that we live in, you know, the, the a young black man in general, black men go out into the world, and it is almost like a war. You know, like you know everybody's looking at you with some kind of uh, discontent or some negative something negative about you. Um, so. She 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 fights against people saying that she's softer with her boys because she's like if there's no peace in them for the in the world like it should be peaceful here at home yeah it should be peace at home and that's important because if you go into the world and it's not peaceful and then you come home it's also not peaceful like you know what does that look like and um I kind of want to get your idea on that like how do you feel about that logic because i remember we, we me and you did talk about kids being softer so yeah this is something to your point yeah i think it's important for kids to be able to be kids and part of that is being soft it's being tender it's being playful it's being worry-free mm-hmm. you know um so yeah i think that it's in, it's important and i i feel like especially as a mom that's it for many moms i feel like it probably comes more naturally Mm-hmm. you know it's part of the nurturing energy that is a woman um so yeah I'm with that I feel like I would align with that you know as an aspiring mom <laughs> um and it's kind of unfortunate that I think black men in particular or black people can't always find that tenderness anywhere that they go that like you know our counterparts are met with often yeah um and I remember I remember Cause like when I when I thought about it, especially when she's talking about you know when you hear the word soft you're thinking like some people attest that to like letting them slide she said oh no we don't let them I'm not letting them slide but you know she's still instilling she's trying to instill leadership you know skills and things like that in him but you know that doesn't mean you can't say I love you you know yeah well because hard hard doesn't mean you can fight <laughs> we know a bunch of hard girls who can't fight well, we but. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we all know that girl was hard and got beat up a couple of times or, or is hard and can fight. But like, you know, I feel like, you know, but the emotion is like the real can't win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like you can make a lot of money and be successful in the world, but are you, are you happy? Though? 
Yeah, it's like if it in a world where it's so hostile, it would be. Yeah, I, I I'm losing my thought to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> She's honestly. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like draw draw the connection, but I don't know. I have a hard time blaming the world for being so cruel, or like being angry at the world for being so cruel. When to me, it's people. It's lost people, and it's um, just society always working every day to be better. Yeah. Um. So I try not to get down on it and be angry because, like, I feel like we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Um. And I hope I didn't give it off that way. I'm not trying to like, I wasn't trying to like beat down society. It was more just. No. I think it was more trying to promote what she's doing. Like, I think it is important to, even as adults, like create that safe space at home. Like mm-hmm. no matter who you are, but specifically, if, especially if you're a black person or any kind of minority, because, you know, you do go out and you're going to face, you could be walking down the street mm-hmm. and you might get hit with a racial slur. You know, you might just, you might. Walk, you know, I, how many times I walked into Target, you know, you get followed, stuff like that, you know. And then, like, you, you think it doesn't affect you, but, you know, if you go home and home is not peaceful, all that stuff just sits on you. So, yeah, I do think it's important to be soft, you know, like my mom was a I love you kind mm-hmm. of mom. Yeah. You know, my grandma was a give you kisses kind of grandma, you know, give me a hug. What are you doing type of grandma? And I think at the time you take it for granted. But as I got older, like. There's a lot of people my same age, grew up in the same generation, and their family was not the I love you type. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they go about the world with a little bit more, they're a little bit more jaded about the world and don't see the the beauty in a lot of people, you know. I'm Or they're less, just less affectionate. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, definitely that. Like, definitely less, less affectionate, but also just less, you know, don't, can't see the joy in the world, you know, mm. like. I'm not saying I'm the most joyous person, you know, I face my own depression, but anytime most people see me, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm almost laughing almost all the time, mm-hmm. which is my problem, but don't take anything serious, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, why, why would I take everything serious? You know, the world's already serious enough. Yeah. So, you know, hug, hug your people, man. Yeah. Be soft. Be soft and. I also would say, too, like, I think peace comes from within, too. So if you can create a safe space at home for people to be able to access that, you know, that's the most important. That's I feel like the most important thing when it comes to living in such a chaotic and and at times cruel world. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can just be able to access your own inner peace amidst all that chaos, you know, you really find empowerment and i i feel like you're able to reclaim your joy that way um and that's the key word she said you need to come home and recharge mm-hmm. you know find your find your inner peace and um i don't know i think it's important to live vigilantly but not in fear oh no you know it, it'll be like grandma yeah yeah so yeah love on your people but um but be vigilant too, because it's dangerous out there. Yeah, it's, the stuff is real, but you know, don't. It's different than having a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. But anyway, onto some lighter stuff, guys. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about something that was pretty interesting. I was reading a book called Made to Stick, and 
It's a pretty good book. It's a marketing book. Mm -hmm. I'm a nerd. I like reading books like that, marketing books. And in the book, there's a section talking about burying the lead. It's like, it's a thing that journalists know more about. I'm not a journalist, but basically burying the lead is when you kind of get caught up in the minutia mm -hmm. and you lose the point of what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was also talking about how people who are like more intellectual and like, like the nuance of things, they get lost. Like they'll, they appreciate the nuances. So they'll express, you know, they'll share those, but then their point gets lost. And I kind of just wanted to talk to you about that. Like, do you feel as a communications, you know, professor, like, what do you think about the idea that you can get like some people can love the nuances so much that they want to share that and their ultimate like, you know, the whole idea of what they're trying to express is lost. Hmm. Do you think it's true? or whatnot? Yeah, I definitely think it's true. But we're talking about like in the context of like trying to tell like share a message or just like in general like, experiencing life. I'll say both. Because, yeah, I could think of, like... Like, if I'm trying to share a story with you, but I expressed all the nuances of the story, you'd be like, well, what are you telling me the story about? Like, why, why are you telling me the story? Why are you story? telling me the story? Like, where's the lesson now? Well, it's like when people ask me, like, oh, so what made you become a professor? Mm -hmm. And I tell you about how I like my schedule, but then I get into all how all, all, I have all this grading, all this prep to do. And I start telling you about the most recent prep I started on, the last lecture. And then I start getting into all the assignments we're working on right now mm -hmm. and totally get off of the question of what made me become a professor. Exactly. Kind of like that. Or even, even like if you're telling me that you're a professor, but then it's like, like a major point might be because my grandma was a teacher. Mm. <laughs> but instead you like you like nuanced you like nuanced off like whoa my grandma when i was growing up she used to take me to her house all you know kind of mm -hmm. like granted sometimes those are those anecdotes are needed especially like but like you know if the point is like oh my grandma was an educator and this is why but some people get called yeah i remember she used to work long hours and i used to be waiting for her all the time it's like you know you know some yeah it's like how does that relate to you wanting to become a teacher exactly <laughs> like it might relate to you on an emotional level and like some people might like the nuance like oh see like you used to love her so much you used to wait for her. that's how much you know like you used to love her lessons but it's like you know you could have just told me that your grandma was a teacher and you I would have got all of that <laughs> I all of that yeah you know I would have got a lot of it <laughs> yeah so, but also I think that happens in like life too like I remember when I was first teaching I would feel very overwhelmed by needing to respond to emails and then again prepare lectures and and grade just have to do all this stuff and I would forget why I even chose this career that it was you know I've arrived at exactly the place that I've you know been waiting to arrive at yeah. and here I am here and I'm complaining instead of seeing the big picture appreciating the big picture I'm here and I'm complaining about gas prices you know <laughs> Dang, I spent, I just, I just wasted so much gas to get here. I can't believe I wasted all this gas. You're in L.A., but think about it. I spent $140 in gas to get here. Like, what? You're here, though. But you made it. Yeah. Are you ready to have fun? Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I kind of attributed that to, like, the curse of knowledge because, mm. you know, I know myself. I love the nitty-gritty. I love the details. Like, I read research papers, like, yeah. mm. like, the, like the bad, like the, like the nasty research papers. The one that, are like, it's like, it's a paper. But it's it's two it's two bars on it. So I you know, read exactly. the left side and then you read the right side. And then you go to the next page. Like I read those ones. Are you looking at peer review articles? 
Wow, for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just love them. I, I read, I read one about this. I read one about parasocial relationships. It was actually pretty good. I wish my students would share the same <laughs> enthusiasm. But that's awesome. Well, some people, I just, I just like the nitty gritty details. You yeah. Know, I like, I'm the type of person that I will see the resources and go, let me read, Let me read those. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you, should go to, you should go to grad school. That's all grad school is. Okay. Yeah, you did say that. You did say that. So uh. educated. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I'm because of like I just I don't know I I love comprehending and like understanding like you know reading the the test and things like that learning about the nitty gritty details behind major ideas, but I because I love it so much I forget to understand that a lot of people do not. Well, it's really like Adam and Eve. I mean, <laughs> do not share in it. Biting the apple, yeah. you know, with all of the knowledge mm -hmm. that you need and don't really need, and like. Once you have access to it, it's really no going back. But imagine how life was before they had all that knowledge when they could just enjoy life. You know what I mean? When the bigger picture was the only picture. Before why? Before like why? Before what is this? Apple. Instead of it, mm, delicious. Yeah. Why is this apple red? Yeah. What makes it red? Yeah. I guess there is a bit of a curse to knowledge. So. Oh, definitely a curse to knowledge. I don't know. I Shout to, shout to but I love knowledge. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard for me to like let those words fall out of my mouth. Like it feels betraying of my, what, the of curse? my work. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's but a I hear you. Thing. Yeah. Even like if you're, so example, like your communications teacher. Obviously, your job is to teach it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you can easily get lost in like the terms and things like that that you know. Yes. To understand things and then talk to somebody and they're looking at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Like I'm kind of with you, but kind of not. Yeah, like, you know, you talk about that all the time. It's a book I have on the shelf somewhere. Oh, uh, you have green. Show Your Work by Austin, by Austin Cleon. He talks about that, like, the benefit of, like, someone who's an amateur teaching something versus someone who's a professional, been in their career for 10 years teaching something, is that the gap between me and that person I'm teaching is not that far. Mm -hmm. So I can I, I can remember what it's like to be that be there. But when you've been in your career for 10 years, you can't remember what it's like to not know. You just you know so long. like Exactly. <laughs> it, yes. Yeah. I That's what happened in my last, my previous job, too. Like, my trainer, she just knew so much. She was so, you know, well-informed and knowledgeable. But she just could not teach it at a level of entry. Yeah. You know, she just, the way she explained it was way too advanced. <laughs> but... You know, yeah, you can't tell somebody, yeah, you need to just create a pivot table and then do this and do that. And then I was like, well, first of all, what's a pivot table? Yeah, what does this, what does this equation <laughs> even mean yeah. as it relates to the reports we're formulating here? Yeah. Why would I use a V lookup or why would I use an index function over a V lookup? Like, they're both the same thing. It's like, well, they do different things, you know, like, why? you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, shout out to the curse of knowledge. But we'll have I, to check that out. I just thought that would be really cool. Like, as a teacher, just wanted to before before we get off, I want to ask you like, how do you overcome that as a teacher? Like, especially because you have your job is to teach it. Yeah. How do you overcome knowing all the depth of it all, knowing the word that can simplify it, and having to break down that word? Like today, guys, we're gonna insert complex word here. Honestly, it's an ongoing process. There are some concepts I've have it down now where I feel like I can explain it 
concisely and or, and originally. But today, for example, we did a lecture on digital design for PowerPoint slides. And I know so much about slide design and I'm so passionate because I, when I first started college, I was a graphic design major, you know, so it just, you know, I just, I love crafting and I got lost in like, you know, color theory, color, color psychology, and then design templates and then animations and then best practices. And then let's show you how you can take this information and restructure it into like these three different visual ways. Like <laughs> it, it was great and thorough, but I, I at the end knew what it was information overload. And I asked my students, I was like, so you got any suggestions on like where this was already like information you knew or like, you know, so anyway, like I said, it's an ongoing process. And I don't know, I, I often ask my students when I start to feel like I'm missing the mark where I might move to get closer to it. But self-reflection and self-awareness is honestly the best approach for me too. It's both and both. Huh? Shout out to being a teacher. Yeah. Was yeah. that like a long winded response? I'm sorry about that. No, it wasn't. But I'm the one who talk long. Okay. I talk forever. I'm working on brevity. I'm like, this is a video of Miley Cyrus on um, Joe Rogan's podcast. And she can ramble talk like, like to me, it's a skill. Like, mm -hmm. I could see like, man, I wish I could talk like that. But I do talk like that. Like I, I have to sometimes like do what I'm doing right now. Like think about myself. Take a breath, because if not, I can keep going and going and going and going and keep going and keep going. Like and like this is like it's like my brain is trying to vomit all the information, mm -hmm. and my brain's like processing words faster than I can think of. It's mm -hmm. like slow down. Yeah. I'm trying to listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're trying to understand the idea and not understand why you're just like dumping all this information hella quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's I have, that's a that's an issue that I run into all the time. Yeah, but relatable. Which one? What do you want to talk about? Let's hop got into a couple some topics. R and B. Why not? Should let's see. Oh, hmm. basically, we were just talking about. We talked about it before, like, you know, kind of tied into like. Before I guess before we get to R and B, I do want to. Me and Mrs. B wanted to talk about <laughs> how like Professor B. It's okay. No, Mrs. is just. It's a married name. Professor B. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Professor B. We wanted to, we kind of wanted to talk about like kind of tied it into what we just talked about earlier about how things have changed. The way we grew up was mm -hmm. very different. Yeah. Not me and you, but the way me and y'all might have grown up is different. Like people growing up today, you know, I got a brother who's 14 and another one is 13. And then I got a brother who's also like nine. So they're growing up in a different way and generation. Kind of jealous. But, mm -hmm. you know, then I grew up and, you know, you. I think you say you have a brother as well who's young. Yeah, my brother's a teenager too. Yeah, so it's... Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about that. Like, you know, it's weird to say, but, you know, how was your upbringing, Ali B? My upbringing. Well, certainly the curse of knowledge was not a thing. I feel like... <laughs> that's what this new generation gets the blessing of just having access to so much information. I feel like growing up for me, um, for the most part, I played a lot. Like I said, in our last episode, 
I I was a pretty competitive and athletic kid too. Although I also gave up. Like I got I played soccer. I think maybe age three, four, six. I don't know. I was a young kid, and I got kicked um, in the face. Not kicked in the face, but I got a ball was kicked in my face, smack in the face. I can still remember the pain of it. Like my nose was numb. My eyes were all numb. Anyway, I quit. So I wasn't necessarily like an overly confident child. You Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? But like, I like to play. I like to be competitive a little bit. I like to win and I like to spend quality time with my family. But the other thing was I was always well-behaved. Like I was always kind of like kind of doing what I was told you know, whether that was chores or it was being quiet or going to play outside, mm. you know, I'm, I was just always doing what I was told. So for me, um, yeah, I don't know. Growing up was a very, it was not like my parents were super strict. No. I just was a very obedient kid. And my siblings, my siblings were also very, um, I don't know, they were very independent. Like they, they we were all kind of rambunctious in our own right mm-hmm. but um i mean every kid right yeah every kid you know but i definitely was the snitch of my siblings like sadly <laughs> you know so yeah. you know who not to do crimes with but if I, I saw my siblings getting in trouble i was like i don't want that life like i don't want to get in trouble i don't i don't so i don't know i don't know if this is answering your question as to how i how i was brought up but yeah i mean yeah i just wanted to know like you know Cause I, I can agree to, to a good chunk of it. The only thing is I wasn't a snitch, but I was, I definitely. <laughs> but I wasn't a snitch for long. The fact that you were a snitch at all is crazy. Like my mom nipped that in the buds. Literally all my family. If you, we all know that we all black people know this so well. Oh, you snitch. You're getting in trouble too. Cause we don't support snitching. I went through that where it's like, if you snitch, you're also getting in trouble. Cause you put the stand by your brother and your sister and you mm-hmm. snitching on them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you're just a bunch of trouble. So now you're like, conflicted. You know what? My parents would get on us about telling on each other, but I just, like I said, I had a profound fear of getting in trouble. And so what it was, is like, you were me. You know, and if I did, if I knew it was going to come out, I, normally I wouldn't like, I wouldn't insert myself unless it was obvious that something had happened. We were like, you ever seen the videos where it's like they had people in separate rooms? That's how it was when we got in trouble. It's like, oh, Najar already told on you, so you might as well. He might as well just cough it up. He told me what you did. It's like I ain't do nothing. <laughs> I don't know what you talking about. Same thing. They already snitched on you, Najar. They ain't snitching, Mike. I didn't do nothing. How they gonna snitch on something I didn't do? <laughs> My parents would put all three of us in a room and they would tell us we can't come out until one until we admitted who did it. I think we, I, don't, I feel like I've been through, I feel like that there's like a remnant of that situation probably happened to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we folded. Like one time, I think of these um, um, jelly beans that my mom had out on the kitchen in the apartment. Yeah. And uh, I got, I had a couple. <laughs> I, had a I had a couple but we were all, all me and my siblings i think we were all eating them but one of them got a little handsy and ate a lot so See, that's the, people don't understand the trick if there's a snack like that you just gotta get like five 
you know if i'm at the thing is like if i was wrong i always own my stuff yeah so that's that's for for me as a kid why i would take issue with like getting in trouble for other people's stuff is because normally i feel like i did the right thing (laughs) you know I, i will own my stuff if i if i didn't do the right thing if i got on timeout but if other people are doing bad stuff and there's no repercussions i felt un- i felt like it was unjust and unfair which is i know a problematic well, the thing the question is the question oh i guess i don't feel that way let anymore me ask you, have you ever gotten in trouble have you ever, has somebody ever gotten in trouble for you no you stepped in and was like oh so no one's ever gotten in trouble no no i've definitely been there where i didn't do it i know who did it and i'm like I'm the one in trouble. Yeah, no, I would have way too much guilt. I I would own up to it. If my sister, if my siblings can think of a time that I'm I'm forgetting, but I'm pretty sure I'm like. Mm. For me, it was like we all did it, but there was only proof that I did it. We all were a part of it, but I'm the one who got caught. I'm not going to be like, well, they was doing it too. I was more like, damn. I just didn't think like that or really move like that. I, d- I did some sketch things as a kid. <laughs> Not some sketch things. <laughs> I did do some sketch things as a kid, but most of that stuff I ended up getting caught for, caught doing, you know, with my sibling or else, like, I would eventually admit, admit to later on down the line. No, I never snuck out. Yeah. That's something I wish I did. Um, no, I have no regrets about that one. I, I didn't I never went to any parties either as a as like a teenager. I never I, I did drink underage once. And I don't recommend that. But people are going to do what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would say wait till you're 21, it's overrated. I waited till I was 21 for sure. But Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just I would say definitely my childhood was I definitely want to say it's soft cuz I was always in trouble. Mm-hmm. I was never a bad kid. I was just, and that was the thing. I'm sorry, man. I was just always in trouble for something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, at least I felt like it was something stupid. Like, I would be like this. It would be like this. Jar, I told you to clean your room. And I came in and your room wasn't clean. To my liking. <laughs> like, you look at music. <laughs> It's stuff everywhere, but it ain't nothing on the floor, right? That's not, to my mom, that's not enough. <laughs> stuff has to have a place. And if things don't have a place, now you're in trouble. And it's like, and it didn't stick, mom. <laughs> that's the problem. Maybe different if I learned the lesson, like, oh, you know, I was just such a messy kid. And like, I'm so glad she instilled that in me. It didn't stick. <laughs> it didn't stick. So I was in trouble for stuff that just wasn't with my man. Like, this is I, just who I am. Listen, I know I could put the blocks in back, you know, back inside the cupboard thing, but that's a half-built castle right there. I just moved it to the side. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the doorway situation. I'm still working on it. <laughs> like, like, why would I put it all the way back and have to figure out how to build it again? Like, come on, what are we saying? But I was, that's the type of stuff. I would get in trouble with stuff like that or, like, get in trouble for stuff like misunderstanding, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Come, you can, yeah, you can go over to your friend's house. And I go over there and spend a night <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> like, who said you can spend a night? You said I could go over. Like, <laughs> what you mean? I thought that was a I thought that was inferred. <laughs> no. I thought that was inferred. Like, 
you know every time I go over there, I spend the night. I've never went over there and not spent the night. So like, yeah, you go to your friend's house. Cool. Yeah, I'm getting called at 10 o'clock at night. Where you at? Who will bring you back? I brought clothes. I thought I was spending the night. Okay, you gonna spend the night, but you in trouble when you get back. Live <laughs> it up, y'all. I'm about to get in trouble when I get back to the crib. Okay, yeah, that's pretty little. <laughs> that, that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but that was petty of you to be. Uh... I, listen, I'm. I was. Genu- How old were you at that time? Yeah. Spending the night. I was probably like ten. Okay, like, I, I get. I get them. But I don't know. At 10, I feel like I would know between can I stay the night versus can I go over to my but friend's it was house. A, I guess for me, it was like I, every time I went over, I spent the night. It wasn't like I went over there, hung out, and came home. Mm-hmm. Never did that. I went over there, spent the night. You weren't you weren't kind of like sneaky. I was I would I feel like I would if I was thinking like that, which I would have had the capability of about 10. Like being sneaky? Like being just, manipulative? Just, yeah, just kind of be like, I want to stay the night, but I'm afraid to ask, so I'm just going to ask if I can go over and, you know, basically kind of chalk it up to a miscommunication. I'm going to say like that. I'm going to tell you the story, and I think this story would tell you how slow I was because I was a slow child. <laughs> very very under, underdeveloped. Me and my aunt went to the grocery store. I think we went to Foods Co., in Foods Co., at this time, this is when kids like dumb stuff. Like, I wanted a bottle of lemon just to squirt in my mouth, and I wanted a ring pop. Like, that's just all I wanted. Like, those two things. No, my life. A baby bottle pop. The little one that you dipped in the powder. Those are the two things that I wanted. To ask my aunt. She's like, yeah, I'm going to buy it for you. Just, you know, whatever. So, in my head, I'm like, my aunt going to buy this stuff for me. Don't recognize that you have to put you know, like, I have it in my hand. Don't ever put it on the belt. So I just have it. She knows that I have it. She said she's going to pay for it. I'm not realizing that you have to scan items to charge them. So I have the items. Now we walking out of the store with the items in my hand. And she's talking about, where'd you get that? You bought them. I didn't buy them. He didn't scan them. You stole <laughs> no, I didn't steal. You bought them. I'm finna tell that you stole. I didn't steal. You bought them. I didn't buy them. I didn't scan them. That's me. That's really me not understanding. Like, I thought you bought them. Like, I thought that. I thought that the fact you said I'm gonna buy them. That's all I needed. Like, okay, that's you know, not slow. That's being ten. Slow, cause bro, they didn't scan. Like when I think back, I'm like, bro, they didn't scan. You put them on the belt. Yeah, but as a kid, you think like your parents maybe got an extra one to scan or something. Like usually they just figure it out sometimes. So that, like, say exactly. But that, that's literally me. Like now, I'm believed that I'm still. And she told she would call the police on me. I'm crying. <laughs> no, I'm crying. Oh, I'm gonna go to jail. You know, for some reason, you think petty thief goes petty thievery goes to jail. I'm gonna go to jail. It's a rap for me. I'm gonna have a record. Bro, this is me. This is the same guy who... At 10. This is why when my mom's like, yeah, can I go to my friend's house? Yeah, bet. <laughs> I'm spending the night. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, I... My mom was not very strict. I just got in trouble for dumb stuff. Mm. But I feel like my brothers get away with murder. And I feel like my <laughs> sister gets away with murder too. And, you know, do you feel like... Do you feel like parents are soft now? Hmm, you know what? That's hard. Okay, 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 let's see. 
or I should say parents yeah. in your life, do you feel like they got soft? Yeah, my even my mom. Even my mom, because, like, my mom's still, you know, she's like, parenting doesn't quit when your kids become adults. Like, there's still, like, this adult phase of parenting, you know? And I think that she's become a lot more tender with me over time. She's, she, I think she understands me better now, and partly because I'm more, like, developed as a person. I know myself also, but, um, what was the question? question was do you feel like your parents or the people softer. in your life are more softer than they were when you were growing up yeah my mom she like you know when I was a kid I was very emotional and I just feel like I was often told to told that I was too emotional not necessarily by my mom but just like sometimes my grandparents my dad definitely yes to an extent yeah I was definitely a crybaby but like I didn't know how to exp- how to you know, one I didn't understand my feelings, and I didn't have people around me to help me understand my feelings necessarily. Um, but and two, like my feelings would be exhausting to people. So, but now my mom understands me better. I also am more in control of my feelings, so she doesn't have to carry that. But you know, she listens, and that's more of what I need from her. I don't need somebody telling me what to do, or reminding me to clean my room or, you know, reminding me to pay my bills. I don't need that right now. You know? You pay your rent? How did I get here? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, unless I'm calling, you should yeah. trust things are good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's like, I asked him like, that's such a random thing. What do you mean did I pay my rent? Yeah, just but, seeing if you're able to keep, if you're keeping it up. Oh, you're living on the edge. My mom says, like, you know, they parents never stop really worrying, you know, so and they worry about all the big to frivolous things. So, uh, yeah, but I do think that parents are more tender, to answer your question. Mine are. Even my dad. My mom, mama, mama you so soft, bro. <laughs> Well, you said your your siblings get away with murder. I don't, I can't say the same for my siblings. My brother definitely has, I think, a more, uh, I don't know, like emotionally evolved version of my dad to an extent. I just don't understand. Why are y'all so understanding now? That's what it like, is. It's emotional like, like evolution. I, like, I get it. You should have been more understanding, but like, no, I don't want you to be more understanding because- he didn't take the trash out. What, what do you want him to get yelled at? Yes. Because <laughs> he was on the game. <laughs> I, I mean, I do game, remember those days. I remember. You, listen, I didn't even get. They get. Hermione. Me? If I didn't take out the trash the first time. Bam. <laughs> do you know take, 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 take out the trash? I forgot. Oh, you forget, huh? You forget, huh? I will get something you ain't gonna never forget. Oh, no. Like, that's what I got. <laughs> forget to take out the trash on a, <laughs> on a random Wednesday. <laughs> like, this is what I have to deal with. Now they're getting the... I told you, I told you to take out the trash. I understand that you're busy. You're playing the game. But <laughs> you understand? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't want no understanding anymore. I want you to max him out. <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on here? 
That is sick. That's, that's this is what I. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You <laughs> I'm know, like, dang, like it sucks. You know, yeah, I don't know. It's we don't suck. I think it's better. I guess like I used the most I used to hard time I used to give my parents was like I would I was kind of sassy. You know, it's more my mouth. And my brother has. My brother is not sassy, but he's he he is witty and he's quick to come back <laughs> um, in ways that faster than me. Yeah. You know, ways he he be getting me. Yeah, you know, and he gets away with it with my dad. But um, you know, you I guess that's playful. It's like you know, but What'd you say? when I was a kid, I couldn't. I, I know I couldn't make jokes about my dad. My dad was so sensitive. Saying, <laughs> so, like, like, don't get me wrong, I do it now. I joke yeah. around, but like. When I, when my generation, you couldn't say your mom's first name ever. Ever. Your mom's first name? Why? Oh, to her. Yeah, yes. you're right. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, you couldn't even joke about that. Yeah. Now? My sister. Wendy. Why? Uh, Granted, she's also like, she's not that much younger than me. What are you saying? Why are you? Why are you like this? <laughs> Me, man, that's a, that's immediately getting maxed out. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that on my sister. I'm gonna try using my dad's first name on her. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's the thing, like stuff like that, like and granted, like I do feel like I don't I don't fully understand the whole like respect thing on it. Like I understand like you're a kid being a kid's place, you know. Put auntie on my name when you say it. Put, my name is Uncle Jardy. Don't call me Jardy. My name is Uncle Jardy. Put Uncle on my name when you say it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you call me Jardy, like, what you want me to say? You want me to get upset? Like, oh my God, you disrespect me. Like, what? Like, but I, that's how that's how my brain's wired, though. Like, no, put Uncle on my name when you say it. I'm not you. I'm not your friend. I'm your uncle. Or whatever. I don't know. I just feel like kids get away with murder nowadays. And I only speak for my little brothers, and they get away with mur- murder. <laughs> I couldn't have a. I had a secret girlfriend. <laughs> my little brother had two girlfriends at once. My mom told me. I said, "So hold on, hold on, wait, wait. This man's twelve. What are we saying? What? What are we saying? He's so cold with it. Cause two. He, they know about each other. Yes." I never, man, listen, tell you this story. Shout to, I'm sorry, I'm, not, I'm sorry I'm supposed to, but I gotta tell this story. <laughs> this man told me, he called me randomly one day. My girlfriend broke up with me. Why? Because I told her that I liked her and her cousin, and I couldn't choose which one I liked more, and I wanted to know if they both wanted to date me. Genuine conversation he's saying to me. I'm just like, <laughs> what, what was it? A smart move, bro. I don't think that was a smart move. Yeah. Comes back. To, I come back to him later. He dating both of them. It worked. No. <laughs> How it worked? I don't. I don't know. I was gonna say it's the honesty, because he was honest and he meant what he said. I heard that. And I said, man, I don't got riz. He got riz. I don't know. I don't listen. I don't know if it, I don't think it will ever work in my generation, but my mama knew about that situation. She knew about it for me. I couldn't even tell her. She said, "Mom, you hear about your brother? Your brother got multiple girlfriends. You know, <laughs> uh, between me and him, you know, and he's not grounded. He don't have to break up with her. 
Now he don't got a fake relationship. Like, oh, no, we're not together. But when he had school, none of that. I that it, was a time. That was an era, though. I do remember that. Remember the era of texting your girlfriend from your mom's phone? No, because I remember my phone being taken at a certain hour and sneaking down to get my phone so that I could text my boyfriend or call him. So it's only rare that my after a certain point that my phone would actually be taken away at nighttime. But when I first got a te- uh, like a device, like seventh grade, eighth grade, they didn't let me have it too late. That makes sense. But I used to, I just remember not being broke and not having a phone. But my mom had a phone. But and still trying to have a girlfriend. It's like I'm gonna give you my mama number, but don't only text me when I text you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever text it first. I'm gonna text you first. That's crazy. <laughs> That's it, man. Yeah, now my brother has a whole new ass iPhone. FaceTiming you know? all the time. Yeah, like, man. Like, bro, it's literally twelve o'clock. Why are you on there on FaceTime? My brother is so cool. My brother is so cool. That's the other thing. <laughs> like, they're softer and cooler these days. You know, I'm jealous, but also I'm more myself now because of there's more space to be that. <laughs> you know, more. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I will say that I don't think the kids are just, uh, or I don't feel like this younger generation is as creative and not, hmm. cre- not creative as a sense of like. You mean original? Have, no, like, as in like, doing more with less. Hmm. I feel like they have more, so they can do more. Like obviously, like a, mm-hmm. now you you'll meet like a fourteen year old who's like a DJ pro. Because there's, there's so many tools allow him to be a DJ already. But, like, there's, like, the, they're not the person who's, like, I have, I could only be a DJ with Mama Records. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, the bare minimum. Like, now you have so much available to you. You could be whatever. Yeah. But I don't feel like they have that same, that, that, what we have where it's, like, if I'm going to listen to music, I have to get creative. <laughs> it's because there's We're more We're sharing access. iPods. I think more access is a good thing. Increased access to being Can able be. to do those things. It, it, I think it is a good thing. But it's a blend of like a lot of original stuff out there now and a lot of stuff that's, you know, remixed, if you will. Like it makes you sort of more susceptible. To plagiarism or? Have you ever seen a kid who doesn't have, like my brother gets his phone taken away? The most miserable child I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Don't even know what to do with his life. It'd be a thrill for me. That's what I'm Take saying. Take my like, phone. <laughs> when I was a kid, but don't steal it. But <laughs> the best thing, the best thing that ever happened was like, I'm taking your TV. You're grounded. I got books. Dang, I forgot about these toys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. Little brothers, give me your phone. Um, I saw this TikTok of this person. This person was talking about how kids, th- their neighbor's kids were uh, playing outside, but they didn't. He was like, I, I don't think kids don't know what to do. I don't think they know how to play outside anymore. <laughs> kids, one of the kids was like kicking air. <laughs> the other one was like bending down at the bush, just kind of looking at it like, I guess, I guess I'll take a look at this bush. They yeah. all look so confused. They weren't playing with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were just like taking in the outside. Like, like there's no more LARPing out there like you you never been out there none of that making the fake scenario up like why they, didn't, they weren't doing any of that no tag <laughs> yeah <laughs> man tag was trash i used to love playing tag freeze tag, tag. 
Every time I get it, it's a wrap for me. <laughs> the game's over. <laughs> the game's over. I'm not. I'm never being untagged. Oh, really? Unless I catch somebody slacking. Were you were you kind of like a slow runner? So you were fast. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, listen, you could be chunky and fit and fast. Yeah, I, I mean, don't like, know. We play, I played football, but I was lazy. It's like, oh, I don't want to run that far. Like you far, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna walk to you, and then when I get kind of close. Get the little. That's when you, you gotta do. You hit him with a little burst, you know, like get kind of close to then go hit him with it. Yeah, like you know, like you know, a like stride. you're kind of walking up, you like acting like you're tired. Mm-hmm. You tired? <sighs> then you kind of run off of him, be like, oh, whoa! Gotcha. I'm out of here. Was that? <laughs> that was your strategy. That was your move. I'm lazy. I can't. I'm not going to chase you all the way down the street, bro. Just look at me. Look at me. Yeah. I'm just wait for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but. I did want to say on that topic of like how things have changed. I remember Sundays hearing the good music. Mm. Did your mom ever do the good music Sunday where it's like it's time to clean up and it's yes. It could be any. It's usually like soul music or some R and B. Yes. Some Deborah. Mary J. Blige. That was my favorite when she put Mary J. Blige on. Okay. Do you? This marriage reminds me of bad, like not bad time, but you know, back at the back of yeah. the playlist on my phone called the back of the Yukon. And this is my aunt's, all my aunts in my mom's music, basically like Mary J. Blige, uh, Cole, Monica, Tony Braxton. Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like, bro, but like when you listen to it now, it's like, oh man, they were going through it. But like at the time, I was like, man, this beat sounds so good to me. Mm-hmm. Might as well have cheated on you. And back then, I'm like, now I'm like, oh, man. I'm what am I singing? <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, what's her name? Deborah Cox. What's that song she always sings? Shoot. Shoot. I would know it if I heard it, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Shoot. But anyways, I wanted to ask you, like, how do you feel about the state? How do you feel about, like, those days of R&B? Back you, like, in the day? Yeah, like when you were, like, a kid. Like, Do you feel like, how do you feel about it? Did you did you listen to it much? Or were you kind of like, Mom, turn it off. I'm not trying to hear that. Oh, I was listening to it all the time. Yeah, I, sometimes I was, like, most times I appreciated it. If it was an artist I liked, like, Maxwell, I really liked, um... When my mom would play Music Soul Child, I liked when she would play Erica Badu. But then there'd be times where I was like, uh, I would love to hear some Destiny's Child right now. <laughs> Not um, the OJs, you know. Uh, yeah. So my mom was like a blend of, of like, yeah, R&B and then sometimes like 70s. Uh, yeah, oldies. So... I, but I loved it. I still love it. And I don't think that much has changed in terms of, you know, the theme of R&B back nope. then and now. Mm-mm. I feel like the theme has changed. Well, OK, let me let me say what I what I think it originally. I originally think R&B was about basically. What did I write? I put. <laughs> Flip the paper over. <laughs> <laughs> Falling in love and lust and heartbreak. Like pretty much those three things. I don't know. I just feel like old R&B was more love making. 
and now R and B is just more back breaking. <laughs> like that that's that's how that's, that's how that's how I feel about it. Like I feel like I just feel like it's that not the same. An interesting <laughs> distinction that I will not disagree with. And I just feel like, you know, like and I think you know, when I think back when I think back about when I think back to like the genuines and the, you know, the uh, key sweats. Like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes you got to just get that. You know, when you, when you, when you feel it, you just got to get it out. That metaphor. <laughs> now, let me. I, okay. <laughs> so. I just feel like, you know, like, even if it was more lust, if it was still lustful. It just sounded good. Like, kind of how you talked about last week mm. or last couple weeks. It's about how it sounds. Mm-hmm. The way it sounded made you feel good. Well, yeah, because now I feel like it just sounds like, oh, that's because dirty. I, I think a lot of R&B music today is sampling hip hop. Yeah. And some R&B, whereas old R&B really was true R&B melodies and, you know, um, like rhythms yeah you know i feel like back then it was a bit more original in terms of um yeah the selected melodies and harmonies of the, of the songs yeah and i feel like you know r&b stands for rhythm and blues i need more blues like i like mm. i like traditional blues i want to hear about you know the blues yeah i want to hear about the struggles of love you know like they do sing about it Men especially. Trey Song's out there. Chris Brown. But at this point, they're old, no? Are they old? Is that what the young people are saying? They're calling... I get called a boomer. I'm 26. Um, Chris Brown's older than me, for sure. Let us know in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if they're old, but... At this point... (laughs) Like, I don't know if you know NBA Youngboy. Of course you know NBA Youngboy is, right? Roughly. He got a song where he talking about, I don't know no Jodeci, but you can explicit lyric here. I don't know how to finish that, but it's okay. I'll look it up. First of all. He don't even know who Jodeci is, but he knows I'll put the song on and like, you know, do whatever but it's like to people jersey is an era (laughs) exactly (laughs) but it's like you know to some people like i don't even i don't even know who who that is exactly think about about, uh the whole thing with uh ice spice and j cole ice spice got more streams than j cole you didn't know that ice spice have more (laughs) streams than j cole i'm not offended by that because i like (laughs) ice spice it's just yeah how for how long J Cole has been out here? <laughs> more streams, yeah, more streams than yeah, Ice Spice got more love than J Cole. <laughs> Shout out to Ice Spice, but also, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Gen Z for you. Yeah, Gen Z shows the love when they love you, and that's what I love about them. I would go on a tangent on that, but I'm I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep. But if they hate here. you, they're canceling you. Again, I'm 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 gonna get to that another day. We okay, go, okay. Listen, we're gonna get to that another day. All right, we'll get we'll back stay on to that. track. I'm gonna write it down. We'll we'll stay on I track. I want to talk about that, but 
no, J, J, Gen Z definitely shows love in that way. But I'm saying like, but R and B. Yeah, like, yeah. I just feel like it don't it don't it don't sound as good. You know, like it it. I love new R and B. I wanted to say that because I do love Party Next Door. Sorry, guys. I love Tory Lanez. Chicks take five. That's okay. You're welcome to like them. We 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 all have that one problematic artist. I, I shake my head like I'm judging you, but I've got artists that I also probably are problematic too. <laughs> so it's like you know, I love you know even Division. Oh, I love me some Division, bro. Division's great. So his music is good. Oh. So it's like I like the new generation, but it's like you know. I do miss the like. I do miss like listening to music in front of kids. You know, I can't. Mm. I can't listen to Tory Lanez, my little brother right there. I can't look at him in his face, and <laughs> and sing the song. You know, because he he's saying what it is. He knows what it is. But when I was like, there's still songs to the day. Like the fact that Genuine Pony, bro. Yeah. Never never dawned on me that it was a dirty song. I'm like this is a good song. If you want it, like. <laughs> And then, like, remember, like, one day singing it, you know, when you're kind of in the club and you're having, like, an epiphany? Mm-hmm. If you want it, let's do it. What? What are you saying? <laughs> Wait, this is what my mom didn't want to listen to? I was confused. Like, Mom, it's a good song. Why you want me not to listen to it? Like, <laughs> Why do we change the station every time <laughs> the song comes on? Like, I like Genuine. It, is there any more room for me in those jeans? Like, great song. Right? <laughs> But no, it's like when you think about what I learned about it, like, wow. As a kid in those jeans, I'm literally thinking of two people sharing the yeah. same jeans. Nothing, nothing. Nothing seductive at all. At like, all. like, this is a funny song. He's weird for this. Yeah, but that's cool. It's probably warm there. Yeah, like, I just feel like nowadays you can't know. I can't yeah. put on a party next door song. Um, there are some, like LMI's Boot Up. Okay. Um, boot up. Is that pop though? I mean, I guess R&B? it's debatable. Is Beyonce considered R&B? Mm, I think Beyonce teeters. Some of her music is R&B. Sometimes it's pop. Is Summer Walker R&B? Yeah. Yeah. Well, SZA can also teeter too, but I'd say she's definitely more R&B. More like uh, indie R and B. That's a new, uh, maybe like a new path of R and B. Yeah, Janae Aiko. Oh, that's that's that's. Uh, no, but I'm sure it still sounds lovely. <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, she's great too. Too much R and B though. Yeah. I think so. I mean, but for me, okay, this is my list of new R&B artists that I like. Victoria Monet, LMI, Brent Fayez. Yeah. <laughs> Just like um, Bryson Tiller. Shout out. Um, Bryson Tiller's my favorite. I love Bryson Tiller. <laughs> don't was don't was destructive. Sit. Sit. <laughs> it was. Tra- Actually, technically, he's not even R&B. Trap soul. Well, okay, so there's that too. That's what I mean by like R and B borrows a lot more from hip hop than it does like true R and B. Um, but yeah, there's also Solange. I think Solange is more R and B than Beyonce. I can feel that. You know, I can get with that. Um, Alicia Keys. 
He's old though. Old and new. To some people, the I mean, fact she still makes new music. A lot. Some I would. I'd be curious to know what Gen Zers who are Alicia Keys fans know her For. old first her first album. For real, do y'all know about the? Uh, you don't know my name. Okay, uh, that was actually her second one. The first one is it keys in A minor. Um, <clears throat> this one is uh, that one that that the. F- Hold on, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the melody. She's processing it. Um, if I ain't got you, uh, is that on her first one? No, that might be on the second one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the lines are divvied on that. I just know her. It's not her. Is that her? That's not her first. Is that her first Grammy? Uh, songs in A minor. I'm pretty sure she got a Grammy for her first album. Because it was a on my phone's over there, but on repeat for me. Was it? Yeah. Like I love Alicia Keys. I love you, Alicia Keys, and I loved her as a little girl. Really? Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I just like her voice and I am it's fallen. That was her first song. Fallen. Remember? But that was her first song. I feel like, yeah, I liked Alicia Keys' music. I liked what she sang about everything from how she fell in love to not being seen, but having feelings for old boy. Like, you know, she, I don't know. She's like the, the shy, sweet girl who loved to, to sing. And I resonated with her in that. Yeah. But sassy, too. She still had attitude. And, you know, so anyway. That, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that's not. No. It's not R and B. No, it's R. No, definitely R and B. But I just don't feel like that same. You don't feel that love making, <clears throat> sort of uh, inspiration from Alicia Keys. Yeah, I feel like the. Mm. Well, no, no, not from Alicia Keys. No, I'm taking it back. I didn't know. I was talking about like, like when I, like when I think about Alicia Keys, when I think about the Chris Browns, when I think about you know like the Mario's, when mm. I think about even Jeremiah to some extent. Mm. Now he kind of went left, but. Uh, no, because nah, birthday X, no. Yeah, never mind. I'll take it back. He, yeah. He's out of there. He don't count. <laughs> yeah, he's old. But, like, <laughs> when I think about these people, like, I think about, even though, like, some of their, some of their like, I feel like there was, like, a concept. Like, I, I understand that they're, like, realizing something. Like, there's something they're realizing, you know? Like, yeah. something they're coming to terms with, they're trying to grasp. And it, like, you know, there's, even though, like, there might be, there, obviously, there's a lot of lust in it because that's just how, how it happens. But it's like innocence. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's like, like a purity there. to it. And I feel like the innocence is gone in R&B. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's because it's borrowed from hip hop. No, I, I agree with you what I'm not saying. I mean? that, like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, we're on this. I didn't mean that as like a art. Like, I guess the tone of that probably didn't match how I meant it. No, no, heart, no, I'm not but. saying that. I'm just... <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think because we borrow. Because uh, this is where I feel like things. Because people also don't know that R&B artists and rap artists, like hip hop artists, did not get along. Right. Initially. <laughs> yeah. Initially. It wasn't until I want to say, for me, Pretty Ricky came along. Boy bands like Pretty Ricky and even B2K. Although B2K, yeah, Lil Fizz rapped. So where you start to see a blend of R&B and rap music. But I use Pretty Ricky specifically because of how explicit their lyrics were mm-hmm. and how, you know, it became 100% about lust and there were like sprinklings of love, but that's where for me 
the threshold from neo soul of like love making energy to like back breaking energy that's where it started for me yeah you know that explicit stuff or <coughs> yin yang twins <laughs> anyway our favorite r&b artist wait twins. <laughs> yeah. that's crazy but yeah I, I guess that makes sense yeah i have to do some more research on that because I, I don't you know i never thought about it where the water where, started to get blended mm -hmm. i do remember like biz marquee him uh uh you you got what i need but you, you say i'm just, just a friend like that yeah coming from like him was like a big thing like whoa okay he's like, he's like a beat he's like a beatboxer rapper and then he makes this weird song where he's singing like you know like if you're singing it's not gangster and like that's like i guess for me like in my world that was like the first time i'm like hmm you can do both. Yeah, like, because I used to like R&B. <laughs> this is, like, also, like, with anime, too. But, like, I used to like it in private. Like, I, like, you mm -hmm. know, like I can't let y'all know I'd be out here slapping the other Monica. Like, you, y'all can't know listening to Monica. I'd be at home listening to Monica with my sister and her friends listening to Monica. But, like, in front of the boys, we not listening to Monica. Nah. Like, Chris <laughs> Brown, he cool. <laughs> he cool. I listen to a song every once in a while. I ain't really tripping on him. I listen to 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah. Get Rich or Die Trying. But then, like, over time, you know, you know Michael said, <laughs> and it wasn't, like, a bad thing. I don't yeah. know. R&B has changed, definitely. But I don't know. So I'll leave it on this. Do you miss the old R&B? Um, no, because I still listen to it, you know? Tell me, do you miss, like, the essence? No, because I, like I said, I mean, I still, I still connect with it. And also, I really like new R&B. I like the depth of it. I like, um, for me, the nuances of what's experienced, you know. And I like the different styles of voices now and the different, like, I actually like the sampling. I, li I like, even though it's not quite as original across the board, I like how, you know, people sample old stuff and make it their own these days. So... I don't I can't say it like I miss it more than I appreciate right now. You know, I have a I have a profound appreciation for both eras. Mhm. Mm what about you? Do you miss it? I like I like toxic music, but <laughs> at the same time, I I will say I do miss the I miss the uh the innuendos. Yeah. Like the innuendos are so good. Yeah. It's, there's so many, like, they said some things where it's like, you listen to it like, whoa. But at the same time, you're like, nice. It does feel like everything could be explicit these days. I can't listen. I can't, like, there's some music I listen in the car with my grandma. She's like, it's a good song. Like WAP? Uh, okay, sorry. Can't listen to WAP. Well, you'd be surprised. We, my sister put on, <laughs> never mind. She put on WAP for my bonus mom. Bro, I put on, <laughs> I had on um, the motto. And my grandma thought I lost my mind. The motto, that's so pure. Well, I guess once you get to Lil Wayne's verse, it's a little tricky. She said, oh my God, I didn't even know you listen to music like that. Oh my gosh. The devil really got to you. That's what my grandma said. I said, the motto, grandma? Yeah. If only you knew. <laughs> this Drake people do not accept Drake like that. Like, he is not a thug. <laughs> Her eyes, oh, that song was so bad. It was so bad. I had to go in the house and pray. <laughs> grandma, relax. <laughs> YOLO. That's all. 
Yeah, yeah. My bonus mom's not into music like that either. So it was, you know, kind of like a prank that my sister was trying to play on her um, for the same kind of reaction. But yeah, it's it is definitely more explicit these days. But so are people. As I get older, I like country more. Mm. I'm going to have to try it out. I, I can't say I've listened to a lot of country. If you do listen to country, drop some suggestions. Let me know. I want to know your suggestions, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Luke Combs. Um, Thomas Rhett. Does Nickelback count? Nickelback? Country? Yeah. Is that like more rock? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like Miley Cyrus. Is she she's more pop country. Yeah, see, Dixie Chicks. I, I like a I like a couple Dixie Chicks songs. Yeah, but yeah, I guess so. I have a lot to learn, so look forward to that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk. So you know, I I don't know what how I don't know how long we've been recording. Yeah, how we doing? Hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna end it on I'm gonna end it on this. Um, Kind of, I'm gonna go through this kind of quick, but there was an article um, about um, a doctor, the oldest practicing doctor. His name is Dr. Howard Tucker, and I think he's a hundred years old and he's still practicing medicine. Mm-hmm. So, like, he has the Guinness World Record for like the oldest person and like the longest uh, practicing. Mm-hmm. And he had a he had made a art had did an article where he wrote five things he does not do. To stay healthy mm-hmm. and basically stay like, you know, active like the way he is. And I kind of wanted to talk about the first thing because it's contrary to like what a lot of us want, you know. And he said the thing that he does not do is retire. And I kind of wanted to talk about that with you, especially like in the, in the business you're in. Like mm. a lot of people will do that career until they kaput. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to like talk through that with you like. How do you feel about this notion of like, like where where do you stand on retirement? Um, <laughs> makes me emotional. <laughs> I can never leave the kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Okay, so with with retirement, I actually can appreciate that um, perspective as long as like there are some carefully curated breaks that are you know implemented in life I believe in more like short-term retirement like I think for one to expect humans to live to 65 you know for for government purposes to retire um is kind of wishful wishful thinking because across the board we don't all make it to that and on average our lifespan is 72 years old actually so we wouldn't even get at least 10 years of non-work life to enjoy right but to his point I do think that when you retire there is the risk of like losing mental sharpness uh, mental agility there's there's ways in which you start to lose connection to people and society and you can I think more easily get left behind and disconnected and sick that way. Yeah. Cause loneliness is actually one of the leading causes for, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of age related illnesses. I want to say mental, mental health related, related illnesses that aging people or seniors experience. A lot of it's related to loneliness. 
couple, if one of the couple dies at an old age, the other one goes not too soon after. Mm-hmm. Cause. Because, yeah, like <laughs> literal heartbroken syndrome. And yeah, so I could see like how retirement can definitely work. Because even my grandparents, they, they have pretty much the same routine and have had the same routine for almost, they've been retired more than 10 years, probably 15 years now. You know, but uh, I don't know. This is what I think. I do know. This is what I think about retirement. I do. I personally feel, and this is just wishful dreaming, it would be great if people could earn retirement more uh, more like after working somewhere, being loyal somewhere for five to ten years. And it's like a, you can either leave and take this amount of money and invest it in your wellness, whatever that your retirement, whatever that looks like for you, you know, that could be traveling Europe for a year. That could be going to buy a house and moving to a new state. That could be starting a family, like whatever you want to do with this, let's say 50 grand that you earn after, let's say 10, 10 years, maybe half of that 25 grand for five years, you know, let people choose. And if they want, they can either take that money and run or stay and double it or triple it. You know, I feel like there should be some incentive for being loyal to organizations. And I think that organizations and governments should both be responsible for paying that money out, you know, um, with our good taxes, amongst other things. But between that and then like reconfiguring time off, because if we had also more access to time off that was paid and didn't, you know, affect our ability to make groceries, to make bills then I would think the need for retirement wouldn't be quite as necessary. So if we have like more time off that's paid and we also allow retirement to not be age-based, but it's it's really merit-based. It really is loyalty-based. You think so? I would say like, you know, you think about the, you think about the city jobs, the Caltrans, the, mm-hmm. you know, the military or like, yeah. You know, like the railroad, 25 years is that standard. Like, after you put 25 years in, you can get out. But you don't get access, usually you don't get access to that retirement money until you turn 65. So my point is that money oh, should that be money. accessible way sooner because the At quality of life. Without penalties. Yeah, and I'm just thinking like, okay, I'm 31 right now. I have put in six years to teaching. Um. In four years, it would be nice to know that I have enough to buy a house, put a down payment on a house, and I would be willing to commit another 10 years to double that or or even, I don't know, like, I would yeah. Say, yeah, I, I agree because people use it that way, but it's not, it's frowned upon. Because, like, mm-hmm. I know people who put it, my mom put out her 401k to put a down payment on her home, you know? Mm-hmm. Penalties, mm-hmm. but, you know, if depending on how you see it, whatever, you know, that, that's more important to have the home is more important than having that little funky money. That's in the 401k. Anyways. You know, so I definitely wish, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, I do wish there was a better system to reward you. Yeah. Cause I don't feel like, I don't feel like it truly hinders you, but I don't, it definitely doesn't reward you for, you know, if I stayed at a company for 10 years on the other side, it's just, well, I mean, not sixty-five. Nothing I could do for you. Bye. Have a great time. You can have your um, 
your vacation pay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you get that little fat check, but it ain't really like, it ain't like life changing check, you know, like, wow, I got $2,000. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I definitely, yeah, I, I do think, I think personally, I wouldn't ever retire, but I do understand that not every, you know, not everybody is going to be doing, you know, not everybody's going to be doing jobs they love. And I feel mm-hmm. like those people who understand, you know, that they're doing a job that's a means to an end, I do feel like there should be some kind of higher reward for those people because, you know, you want to, one, you want to incentivize, incentivize them like, mm-hmm. it's, okay, I know people usually, you know, it will like help with like turnover and like high retention because like, Imagine instead of like I can work instead of working at Caltrans for twenty five years, I can work there for ten years. Get get you know get out if I want to and do something else. You know that might be even though it's like oh well, I'm just doing twenty five years that might be more enticing to more people because it's hard to say commit. You know I'm thinking about it right now. I'm twenty six. If I go commit to the twenty five, I'm gonna be fifty one mm-hmm. when I get my retirement and still have to wait fifteen more years to get it. Versus if it's like, they tell me like, yeah, 10 years and we'll cash you out. So I'll be 36. Like, imagine how that would flip the, you know, socioeconomic breakdown Yeah. in America. Yeah. It, it could definitely change things up and make just wealth so much more accessible to people. And I think people would just be more open to different jobs, you know. I think exactly. That's, I think that's the biggest thing that we're running into right now. People are saying, you know, a lot of people are saying is, there's a lot of jobs mm-hmm. and there's a lot of unemployed people, but it's not unemployed because they can't find a job. It's unemployed because they don't want a job. Well, and they want specific jobs. Well, and there's a difference between retiring from a career versus retiring from the workforce. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So I think that there comes a time where it's necessary to retire from a career because there's no more you can offer. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you. So much upward mobility. And there's so much upward mobility and perhaps like the time has evolved past you. Yeah. You know, it's like time for you, you to use your knowledge and, and skills in a new place. But you do you think that's, do you feel like that's true? Yeah. Like I'm going to teach as long as I can, but I still have other, there's still other oh, stuff. Oh, I see what you're saying. Other you stuff. know, like I, I want to own a bed and breakfast and I want to spend time doing cool thing, cool things there, mm-hmm. you know, teaching things there maybe. Um, in the summer times and teaching at college campuses in fall and spring. Um, I guess I, I never thought about it like that. Cause I do, you know, like Kobe Bryant, after he retired from, from basketball, he went into like directing, which was such a left for me. Yeah. Personally, but he did a good job directing. So it's like, I definitely get what you're saying. Like retur- retiring from a career path. It just opens you up to be able to explore other passions that you never had time for because you were so committed to another career. And that's why I think it's important to have that incentive because it's unfair to ask a person to commit all of their life to only one passion, especially when those passions change across time. Well, yeah, I mean, we and talents. I think we change every seven years or something like that. I don't know. Taste and things like that. I think they, they say like every seven years our taste and stuff like that change. Mm. Like, Cola, but next year, next seven years, I'm like, mm-hmm. or you know, it, 
I, I mean, we we can we can attest to that to yeah. some degree. Not yeah. literally, not yeah. literally, but like like I still like eggs with ketchup on them. But like, you know, like when I was younger, there's certain things I like more than now. When I'm older, I'm like, you know what? My dad might be on a golf. <laughs> Never understood why I didn't like it before, but he, he might know something. Yeah, yeah. I, hmm. Yeah, retirement is a tricky thing because I. I guess for me as a bit, I always think like a bit, but I'm a, I always think like a businessman. So I feel like I would never retire from a business. Like there's oh for me to, but I guess the thing about business is that there's so many different versions of business. Like exactly, and that's you can, what, like you said, a bread and breakfast. I'm gonna do a hotel, chain of hotels, or you know what, I'm gonna grow, open up a micro, you know, micro dosing shroom business. Like you know, well. That's what I mean by I think it's un, like the current conditions make it unfair because it ca- causes you to commit to one thing. But I feel like people are multi-talented, multi-passionate, and we we stifle that. That's probably why we don't have a lot of originality. We, we stifle people into like one path. Even if you look at like celebrities, celebrities who try to veer out into any new path are like, what are you doing? It takes adjusting. You know what I mean? Now you, wanna, rap. now you want to rap? <laughs> Give it up. Drake. But hello. Yeah. Drake is super talented in both of those things. Both of those things. Amongst other things, I'm sure. Seems like sports seems to be an area of passion for him, too. Sports, business, sports. Property. I mean, you see that with J. Cole, you know, basketball. He Because mm-hmm, he, he used to play. Yeah, he literally stopped rapping to mm-hmm. like go to a basketball league. Like, Yeah. Like, I mean, but... But that's what I mean by like you can. So like J. Cole retired from his basketball career, started a new rap career. Like that's why I don't think it's age related. I think it's like once your time is up and you no longer have the skill, the talent or the passion for the career, it's time to retire and move on to something else that's going to be more fulfilling. I will say that I think the reason they use age is because it's an easier, 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 like like metric. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But this is me just dreaming out loud. Yeah. I just, because for me, like, you know, you always hear about, oh, you want to retire at 40? 26. But, like, I mean, it's possible. It's been how I live my life. Know. But, yeah, you never know. I, I don't know. I don't, I st- as an so entrepreneur. Yeah, it's always money to be made. <laughs> That's fair. And I, I always want to make. I always I love making money in unconventional ways. Well, you know, for me, I also have like a family that I want to raise. You know, I've got kids I want to be able to be a mother to one day. I don't have that stuff yet, so I, I don't have it yet either. Brain, my little baby brain. I don't have it yet either, but it's like it's more in the forefront of my mind than you know. I would say it was in my my earlier in mid twenties. Um, so there's also like the need, the desire to just want to be able to, you know, be a, be a parent and not have to worry about, um, well, I, I will still want to work, but I just, I don't know. It's, I feel that you, like, you know, like my uncle used to be an NFL player and then after his career ended, he became a social worker, which blew my mind. But yeah. It allows him the flexibility to be like there for his kids. Twenty four seven, 
you see? Yeah. I want to work, you know, work and love what I do and love having a family. I don't want to work to have my family, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I believe in retirement. I believe in, in creating new ways of looking at it. So we don't have to wait until 65, but you know, this is a double-edged sword though. Yeah. I think about that time. Like, man, I think I, I, I joke around myself. Like, you know, <laughs> make it work. It's like that. So it's a double edged sword because, like, I'll be younger. Yeah. So much more. Yeah. Getting the nitty gritty with them. But as an older parent, I have more opportunity for them, I have more wisdom to give them. Perhaps more stability. Yeah. As I said, so it's like, a, that's why I always get nervous because, like, I've, I, I'm going to be real. My dream already sailed. Mm. I wanted to be a young parent so bad. Really? I wanted to be a 22 year old parent for sure. Like, I, I remember I was, like, that true Christian boy. Like, I want to get married ASAP and then start popping out a baby. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, in my, I remember being, like, passionate. Like, yeah, I want to like, I want to see my great-great-grandkids. And I know the only way to do that is if I start now. Yeah, pop them out early. And, like, but like, hmm. you know, I went, now I'm like 26. I'm like, dang. Getting further and further away. Mm. And that's why when I think about retirement, I'm like, like, you know, how does a career fit into like family? Like, do I retire for a family and then go back when they grow up? I see a lot of people do that. You know, they'll not fully retire, but you know, like, mm-hmm. they'll like go hard, have a kid, and then they, the kids turn 18 come on all right how can i what yeah. do i do now that they're like self-sustaining yeah yeah like i'm an empty nester now what do we do do we go on vacation or do i go back going hard like I've, i know a couple of people who's like mom after they graduated went back to go get their master's in their phd mm-hmm. it's like because people lose themselves in parenting sometimes just and kind of to that point of like you know just getting lost in all the stuff instead of I guess being able to stay grounded in the bigger picture. I don't know. I'm not a parent. This could sound very. Go for it. Let's hear it. Very uh, unclear. Let's go for it. Let me hear it. <laughs> well, I felt strong, but I I don't know. I feel like I also lost a thought. Hold on. Let me. Parents. Um. What were we talking about? We were talking about how, like, you were about to connect how parents get lost in, like, we were talking about the curse of knowledge earlier. You said parents kind of lose themselves in oh, yeah. raising a kid. Rear, chi- yeah, parent re- or child rearing. And so I feel like sometimes they forget, like, themselves in that. They forget to nurture their passions. And, again, they start to work for the family as opposed to working and having a family. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you're working and having a family, having a family should also include you maintaining yourself, maintaining your own passions and so and your own skills and, and talents. And for some people, they, we have skills and talents that are made to be enjoyed for a lifetime. 
you know, but others have multiple skills and talents to be used across their lifetime. And I think it would only be fair for society to be shaped in such a way that allowed people to vacillate. If you have multiple talents and skills, you can retire and move on to something else. If you don't, you can stay committed. If you never figure it out, maybe you don't have passions, talents or skills, but you just have a desire to work and be loyal. Like that should matter too. I feel like we need more farms. Yeah. I say that not literal, but like, like my grandma was raised on a farm and like most people don't realize the farm is a business, Mm -hmm. but it's like the kids were also involved in the business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I think, I think that's also like changed. Like when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I just think about this now, like even though my mom was a nurse, I was at work with my mom or I was at work with my grandma. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember being at these locations as a kid, like I have, you know, I'm, I'm, it's vacation. Even if I'm off of work, I'm getting dropped off there, and like I'm there, and like now I feel like, you know, I can't go to my mom. My, my little brother can't go to my mom's job right now. Mm-hmm. It's not at all. Like, I don't think you could bring kids with you to the to the. I mean, probably you could. But like, I think you could like bring your little kid. Like, go sit in the back. I'm gonna teach this. Teach this. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to have my daughter come teach you guys this class right now. Honestly, that's probably how I'll roll. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I feel like we need more of that. I feel like that, when I think about, like, people now, like you said, I feel like there's so much compartmentalized, like, people are compartmentalizing everything. Like, there's a space, and I'm bad at this, too, but, like, there's a space for this, there's a space for that, there's a space for this, there's a space for that, and I feel like it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You well, know, like. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think about like when I think about business, like my family, like my grandpa, my whole family worked there. <laughs> like it was a family restaurant, but like we all worked there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, even though it was like work and like for him, it's like, oh, why don't you retire? But it's like never really thinking about like, bro, like we're already here. Like he's going to retire and do what? Not be with us? But we're going to be here. So interesting. I never thought about it that perspective. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be different per person, you know? There's needs to just be more space for that. Oh no, I, I think that everybody likes it. Everybody has their own flavor. Yeah. People have their own flavors. <laughs> Not for whatever reason. <laughs> Listen, Neapolitan's good until you get to the strawberry. Then it's like get out of here. They're partic- It's particularly good as an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, that's the only time I'm really enjoying a Neapolitan. I think. I was always so happy to see it. But when it all melts together, it isn't good. That's what I'm saying. Like, love it. it starts melting together. It's like, now I got strawberry machoc. <laughs> yeah, you got to eat it while it's cold. I just want the side. The, just get, just get, scoop both of them out. You got to scoop them per flavor. You finish the vanilla, then you get to the chocolate, and you finish up with the That's strawberry. That's how we used to do it. But somebody told me, no, you put the cross. Well... Pass. Yes, I'm saying like I don't want all of it in one scoop. But I guess it's like a chocolate chocolate covered strawberry. But anyway. But yeah, guys. um, (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to talk about? Do we feel like no? Yeah, I feel like I feel like like we're there. We're there. (laughs) I feel like like this. We sent the ship. We cracked it with the champagne bottle, and it's uh, it's on its way. Listen, guys. I want to say once again, I appreciate everybody who's watching these. Sorry if we went a little rambly, but it's okay. Yeah, drop in the comments if there's anything you want us to talk about, by the way. Yeah. Because, um, wait. Yeah. What? Yeah, do that. Yeah. 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 I don't know if they're going to say this. 
Oh, but, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, drop drop any ideas you guys want us to talk about in the comments, um, or just message to, message us. Or even better, if you know anybody you want us to talk to and come and be a part of this, put that in here too. You know, I'm definitely I want to. Something important about this podcast is connecting with different minds. I feel yeah. like different friends. Yeah, exactly. Special friends. Yeah. And I think it's important to like see different perspectives. I feel like that's important to like, oh, you know what? I literally never thought of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never been in a situation. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um do me a favor as well. I'm asking for a lot of favors, but if you made it this far and you're listening to the video version, can you do me a favor and give me five stars? on Apple Podcasts, help the audio version also go up, you know, support that as well, you know, we need it on both sides, um, follow us at me, W-Z-U-Z-I underscore L-O-C-J-R, on Instagram, Woozy Loke Jr. And at Hey Professor B on, on Insta- IG. On Instagram. Yeah. Follow us, show love, you know, um, really appreciate you guys you know i really don't take you guys for granted i love the comments i love the interaction that's the whole point of this stuff is like i want to see what you guys say yeah because <laughs> i'm you know we're crazy yeah i'm crazy i don't know about well professor b no i'm crazy but <laughs> yeah um appreciate yeah. you guys i'm a little crazy sometimes appreciate y'all <laughs> <laughs> And we're out of here. Yeah. See you next episode. Peace.